For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's safe to say that Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals are becoming a problem the Tennessee Titans. Sunday, Bengals came into Nissan Stadium just as they did in January and sent the Titans and their fans home disappointed. This time it was uh it was 20 to 16 Cincinnati and that is a Cincinnati team that did not have Jamar Chase, that did not have Joe Mixon yet still was the better team on the day. Titans players and coaches said it after the game. It was uh, it was obvious to anyone who watched, even though the score was close throughout. Uh, I guess you, you know there there you have to start wondering what it's uh, what it's going to take to get past the Bengals and and teams like them. The uh, you look at the you look at the four Titans losses at this point, all the teams with winning records, all against teams that are likely to be in the postseason. One of them in the NFC. I think it's fair to ask at this point if the how the Titans stack up against the uh, the best team in the NFL right now, because that's what you have to start thinking about with the playoffs out there. And we will ask that question and many more on this uh, this episode of Believe in Titans. With former Titans cornerback Denard Walker. Denard, how are you? I'm doing great, David. How you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. And John Glennon. John, how are you? I am well, thank you. Good to hear. And and the, once again, this is the Believe in Titans podcast brought to you by Bet Online. As always, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup, info, players news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season, every season. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V. To receive your rewards, bet online where the game starts. And let us begin with Sunday afternoon at uh, at Nissan Stadium. Denard, let's get right to it. What did you see that the Titans didn't do as well in this game as they have done in uh, many others this season? Where where do you want to start? Want to start with the blocking? Want to start with the running game? You want to start with the missed opportunities? I can go all day yeah, long, I, David. I, I think I think we should start. I think we should start on the line of scrimmage. I think both side, but I think both lines 
didn't play up to the standard that they have set. And we'll, so let's, let's start with the offensive line. Second game in a row without Ben Jones at center. You have Aaron Brewer sliding to center, Dylan Radens into left guard. Uh, is it as simple as saying this team misses Ben Jones when he's not in there? Well, yes, and they got outplayed. And I'm going to tell you something offensively. You know who I blame it on? Uh, I blame this loss on one person, okay. David and John. I, I promise you, I blame it on this individual, and I'm going to call him out. You guys want to know who it is? I do. Bring it. It's defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo. Now, that's <laughs> Italian for you. I blame him. I blame him because c- – he has this team's number. That defense for Cincinnati, they just know how to line up and absolutely whoop this Tennessee offensive butt. And you look at it, go back to Sunday's game. What was it, 20-16? to 16. Go back to the playoff game last year. Tennessee came in the number one seed versus the number four seed, Cincinnati. They lost 19-16. to 16. Let's go back to 2020. If you look at this game, when Cincinnati was terrible, by they the way, went one for well, yeah, <laughs> they was terrible. But out of their four losses, three of those losses came with less than two minutes left in the game. And I remember breaking that game down and I was telling Davey Hudson, listen, if Tennessee goes in that game, who the Titans were, what, five and one going into Cincinnati. And I said, if they take this team lightly. And this Cincinnati team can put four quarters together. Tennessee might end up with a loss. And that's exactly what happened. 31 to 20. You cannot win in this league when you take a team lightly in Cincinnati. For whatever reason, they just seem to have this. I'm sorry. Cincinnati just seems to have this Tennessee Titans team. They got them down right down to the T. John Glennon, a, a Terrible day for Derrick Henry running the ball. He did have the did have the big catch. He's he's sort of trending in a uh, in the wrong direction right now. We've we've historically seen him get better as the season goes. Uh, we're not seeing that right now. What uh, what what's going on with with him in the running game over over the last several contests now? Yeah, that's the thing. It's easy to point at this game because the Titans lost the game and, and because his, his numbers were exceptionally low, you know, 17 carries for 38 yards. But but really, you have to look back over the last three games, you know, against Denver, 19 carries for 53 against Green Bay, uh, you know, 87 yards gained, but on 28 carries. Uh, so you, you add all three of those games together, 64 carries, 178 yards. That's averaging less than three yards a carry over the last three games, and that is not the the running game that we know from the Titans. That is not the Derrick Henry uh, that we know. Uh, you know, I, I think primarily, you know, I, I still think it's more line than it is Derrick Henry. Um, you know, certainly when we look at the line the last two weeks, you know, especially with Ben Jones out of there, let's look at this now. I mean, Dennis Daly is a journeyman. Uh, you know, as your starting left tackle, Dylan Raidens is an out of position backup uh, at your left guard. Aaron Brewer is a guard who's playing center. Nate Davis is kind of your only guy who's, you know, kind of basically a solid guy where he's supposed to be. And you're looking at a right tackle, a rookie, you know, a, a third round draft pick plan at, uh, at starting right tackle. So I think defenses have found a way the last, uh, you know, three weeks or so to start really shooting the gaps well there's more run blitzing uh you know the ben jones isn't there to kind of guide the uh guide the line and and you know 
uh, kind of help out in, in schemes and formations and so forth. I think it's a combination of those things, uh, you know, all, all coming together right now. So, you know, really, I, I and I think also, despite the fact we've seen some indications that the Titans passing game is, is stepping up, it's still not enough. You know, there are there are some more deep shots. There are some more X plays, but it's still not enough to scare teams into putting two safeties back on a regular basis, uh, you know, and until the Titans can either A, improve that blocking or B, make that passing game that much better, Derrick Henry's going to have a major uh, challenge ahead of himself in the, in the run game. Yeah, and there was optimism for Ben Jones going into this game too. He was a uh, he was a full participant on Friday. Mike Rabel said he expected that Ben Jones would clear the concussion protocol that afternoon, and uh, uh, then Sunday comes and and Ben Jones, who who we all know how much it means to Ben Jones and and how he'll play through just about anything is uh, he, he's among the inactives again. So uh, you you wonder if. Uh, if they were protecting him from himself a little bit and giving him a little extra time, maybe, but, uh, but that, uh, that, that was sort of, that was sort of a surprise going into this contest. Uh, and, you know, maybe, maybe it didn't, maybe it didn't work out as, as well as they wanted. I mean, give the Titans credit again. They were, I mean, they were in this thing till the end. They thought they were going to have a chance to, uh, to, to go down the field and, and, put up a game tying touchdown, maybe a game winner if they were going to go for two when the uh when the Bengals kicked a 31 yard field goal with uh with just under two minutes to play. But then lo and behold a, a penalty I haven't heard it called in years. The uh the unnecessary roughness for a hit to the head or neck area of the of the snapper. And officially Kevin Strong was the one who was flagged mm-hmm. for it. Uh, Tier Tart was there too, and and Kevin Byard for one. Even after the game, said that uh, said that well, yeah. From where I was, it looked like it looked like two people hit the guy. So I, I you know, you don't you don't want to you don't want to fault their aggressiveness and their desire to try to make a play there. But uh, but the Bengals took the points off the board and were able to run the rest of the time off the clock there. The the Titans' offense never even got the chance. So, um, Denard, you've been in special teams meetings and whatnot. It, was that rule in place when you played and, and, and what exactly is, uh, is the point of that? What, what, what can you, what can't you do to that guy as he's sending the ball back to the holder? Uh, you have to reiterate to your defensive lineman, do not touch the snapper. Uh, that's a defenseless player. So that, that rule has always been in play. Unfortunately, they were, if I'm Tennessee, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I'm going hard, but you have to make sure that you let your defensive linemen and your linebackers know if you're going to rush, do not touch the snapper. He is defenseless. And that was a big play of the game because you think about it. Let's say if Cincinnati scores and pick up the three points, it's 23-16 and Tennessee gets the ball back with a little under two minutes left in the game. So anything could have happened. Unfortunately, when they ended up, they called that, that what was an unnecessary roughness. Again, what that, I love what Charles Davis said. That's the game. That's yeah. it. Only thing they had to do was take three knees and it was over. But there were some missed opportunities in this game defensively. Uh, I can go back to the third quarter, and this was a big play. And I, and I might be wrong but this, but I, I, I broke that play down, and it was the third and nine. 
with about seven minutes and 18 seconds left in the quarter. And you talk about the T Higgins third down catch was it, it was a 39, the speed out route. They had a bracket coverage on T. Uh, if you watch that play, you will see Andrew Adams playing high and he's playing inside and you will see Christian Fulton. He's supposed to be outside, but he ends up with his body position. He ends up turning in, which allows T Higgins to run that speed out. That was on Christian Fulton. What should have happened uh, is Christian Fulton should have stayed square outside and squatted. He would have ended up going for six points the other way. So they missed out on that opportunity. You can see after the play, Andrew Adams got his hand on his head and he's looking at Christian like, bro, like I got you over the top. Only thing you had to do was stay outside. I know that coverage. It's called bracket. It, you, it's just a true bracket. They God, it, it just... Oh, it just got to me because Tennessee, they had some chances. They just could not capitalize. And and that's, you know, that sort of speaks to what this team is right now. I mean, we've talked about it, right? Low scoring games. They're going to drag teams down in the mud with them, but but you don't have a big margin for error in that situation. When you give up a third and long, or or when uh when when a an unknown wide receiver, I can't even think of the guy's name right now. The, I know who little, you're talking the, about. The Irwin. little guy Trent made Irwin, this sensational catch, you know, on the side. I mean, just like you, David. Yeah, I, I mean, he—that's he, a sensational catch he made on the sideline. You know, that sort of thing. That those, those, those are bigger moments for the Titans right now than they are for other teams because you know the Titans—they—they—they they, they, they don't have as much to overcome those sorts of things. And uh, uh, you know, John, I'll ask you this too: that Joe Burrow had more time to throw than uh, than other opposing quarterbacks have this year. Danico Autry was not in there. This is the first game of what we expect will be several that Danico isn't in there. Um, is, is he that vital to the Titans' pass rush the way Ben Jones could be that vital to the offensive line and the pass protection and so on? I would say yes, uh, and I, you know, you can make that argument based on not only this game, but you know, the last couple of games. Because of course, Danico Autry didn't play the full game against Green Bay as well. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons was was kind of half speed for that game. There was no Bud Dupree against the Packers, and and we saw another kind of shaky game in terms of pressure uh, against Green Bay. You know, I think there was only uh, was either one sack or, or zero sacks against the Packers, only a few one, and, yeah. and three yeah three quarterback hits. Uh, and then, again, personnel lacking against the Bengals. Autry's out. Simmons is still not 100%. Dupree is just getting back. Uh, and, and you wind up with one sack and four quarterback hits against the Bengals. And then Joe Burrow had had all kinds of time back there. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think personnel certainly had a, um, had a had played a big role in that. But I also uh, think, you know, the, the Titans' inability to stop the run uh, as successfully as they had several weeks in a row kind of left them on their heels. You know, we, we had seen for so many weeks the Titans just throttled opponents' running games, just completely shut it down, made teams one-dimensional. You knew when the other team was going to pass for the most part. This game, the, the Titans never reached that stage. You know, there, there was always that sense – are they going to run? Are they going to pass? Because they've had success in both. So I think the fact that they had to hesitate and that they weren't locked in on either run or pass, I think that added to Joe Burrow's time as well. Um, and uh, as a result, he just had much too much time back there, especially for a guy you know who, who may be, you know, if not the most accurate quarterback in the game, certainly one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the game. 
And, and let's say this too. This is this is one of those finer details that I think people don't talk about enough, don't maybe understand enough. But you know, Danico Autry and Jeffrey Simmons have talked about little little things they do together and how their rush is coordinated and and you have to you have to ask the question about how well coordinated that pass rush was against the Bengals because Joe Burrow ran it 9 times for 32 yards he had a he had a 13 yard run on on the first series that sort of sort of set the tone and and I thought his runs and his ability to to get out of the pocket and and make some plays was uh was was a big big factor in this game you like you compare that to january the guy had no time to do anything back there it would you know the nine sacks and he only ran it two times for five yards in that game and uh, you know this time he was able to sort of pick his lane and go and 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 get important yardage and 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 it's it's something it's something that i i discovered i wrote about it Joe Burrow is now the third quarterback this season to rush for at least 25 yards against the Titans and 25 yards is not a huge number but but when it's a quarterback getting out and moving the chains and doing those sorts of things those can be significant yards and those three quarterbacks are Daniel Jones of the Giants Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs and now Joe Burrow of the Bengals and oh by the way those are three of the Titans four losses to this point so I I think maybe there is something you know Denard am I right about that 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 a well-coordinated pass rush it is is better than just a, ru- a pass rush, yes? Yes, but you also have to take in consideration the play of the running back position, Samaj P. Ron. I thought he did an excellent job. I thought he was the difference maker this game because if you look in the first half, he pretty much was the offense. I know he had, what, six rushes for 29 yards, but he was – uh, very impactful in the receiving game. What he had 35 receiving yards and one touchdown in the first half. He was the difference maker. He finished with 17 carries for 58 yards. But if you look at the way that he was running, I mean, he was picking his holes. He was able to get to the second level of that defense. And that when and when you start doing that in the running game, of course, we saw in the second half where T. Higgins started to come alive. And that's where they had, had some issues because in the first half, they did a great job in bottling him up. In the second half, he's like he just went off. He finished the game with seven receptions for over 114 yards. And we know about the fourth quarter touchdown that he had yeah. uh, that really sealed the deal. So that was the difference. I mean, yeah, Joe – Joe has, he's like Ron, you know, he's going to make some plays with his legs, but the difference in this game was Cincinnati's ability to run the football when they needed to. And, and P Ron, one of the first times he touched the ball, I can't remember if it was a run or screen, but he, uh, he delivered a Derrick Henry type stiff arm to David Long. I thought that was uh I thought that was a, a really interesting moment and sort of sort of made it clear that the Bengals Bengals were there. They they weren't messing around. They came they came to town to take care of business in this game. Yeah, and David, I got something to say about Samaj P. Ryan. I mean, you're talking about he's filling in for his uh old boomer sooner boomer sooner sooner teammate, um, Joe Mixon. You know, what's weird is that Samaje was the star running back at Oklahoma and Joe Mixon was his backup. But when you look at when he was coming into this game, it was amazing. He had three receiving touchdowns uh, last week against Pittsburgh. That's the most in franchise history. 
four TDs in the last two games. So that should have kind of been like an alert that the game plan is going to be centered around him. And he did a great job. I mean, when you can get to the second level on Tennessee and you talk about the stiff arm, but you talking about the way that he was running the football, that physicality that he showed Sunday, that was amazing. I think you could have, uh, you could have, you could have won some money had you wagered that Samaj P. Ryan would outrush Derrick Henry by mm-hmm. uh, by a comfortable margin. Yeah, going into this game, but uh, John, you you referenced it earlier. There's there's signs of life in the passing game. Uh, a, another big throw, deep throw to to Traylon Burks. It, it's kind of becoming a thing. There was the the screen pass to Henry that turned into a really long gain and uh, and a touchdown, albeit a, a bit of an ugly touchdown. Uh, is 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 this offense starting to balance out now a little bit and uh and and how important is Burks and we've talked about him a couple times another rookie tight end Chiga Conquo how how important are those guys to to this this sort of evolution of the passing game right now I think they're very important especially given what we talked about earlier the struggles of the run game not only against Cincinnati but really the last three games uh you know and, and the Titans are more and more going to need uh, apparently more of a passing attack, more of a balance, because, you know, for the longest time for that, that five week stretch that, that Derrick Henry ran for over a hundred each game, it, it really didn't seem to matter who was in the lineup on the offensive line or who the Titans were playing. The Titans were saying, we're, we're going to run the football and you can't stop us. And that's the way it was, but that has not been the case now for, for three straight weeks. So you have to change either. You're going to have to to figure out a way uh, you know, whether that scheme, whether that personnel, whatever, to run the ball better, or you're going to have to develop more of, of a passing game. And and I like the, the signs that we're seeing. Um, Traylon Burks, yeah, catches a 51, 51, and 43 in the last two games. Chico Conquo had, had, you know, three straight games with a catch over 30 yards coming into this one. He had two more, uh, you know, this game, 12 and 17 yards for first down. Even, even you know, we didn't mention, but Nick Westbrook-Akina, Four catches, 58 yards uh, against the Bengals, too. So uh, you got Hooper starting to make some catches now, even though he and, and Jeff Swain both had drops. So we're, we're seeing some progress there. Uh, you know, is it enough, uh, you know, as we referenced earlier, to, to scare opponents into changing that, that run-heavy defense? No, not, not yet. It is not. Um, but perhaps, you, you know, if, if the targets and the volume and the production continue for – for especially for, for for Traylon Burks, you know, maybe we're starting to see at this point, maybe he's starting to look like the young A.J. Brown at this point, uh, you know, and, and maybe that opens things up just uh, just a little bit, uh, you know, and, and certainly we look at the overall yardage. Last two weeks, Ryan Tannehill, uh, two biggest passing uh, yardage games of the year, 333 yards and 291 yards. So, yeah, you know, the, the Titans are at least showing us, hey, there, there's a little bit here. Now that Traylon Burks is back up IR, we've got uh, we've got a few options in that passing game. And, and here, here's more good news on that front. The last two weeks and the, la- and the last two weeks are the, are the two biggest 
games for the Titans in terms of yards after the catch. So it's not just throwing the ball, it's throwing the ball in the right spot, getting the ball to guys on the move. And you even add the Denver game in there and, and three of the top four games this season in terms of uh in terms of those totals. And and you know you, you talk about throwing the ball to the right spot and giving a guy a chance to run. I, I thought the I thought the screen pass to Henry that turned into the uh the big touchdown of course, he fumbled at the end. Traylon Burks is is there, falls on it in the end zone. But that was that was that was another one of those little things. The Bengals sort of got a good push and and almost blew that play up. Tannehill had to hold the ball a half second longer than he wanted to, but he recognized what was happening. Did allowed Henry to get his feet set and turned properly. Got the ball to him then, and in, in in a position where he could take off down the field and run. And and those are the kinds of things that weren't happening earlier in the season that, that are happening now. So uh, uh, definitely, I, I agree, Sign, signs of life, good, you know, a lot uh, reason to feel that, that, uh, that if they have to throw the ball more, perhaps they can, perhaps they can do what they need to do. But we can't, we can't talk about the Titans passing game, at least not this week and not talk about the fact that A.J. Brown is in Philadelphia because the Titans, of course, on Sunday are going to Philadelphia to play A.J. Brown and the Titan or and the Philadelphia Eagles, who have the best record in the NFL at this point. Uh, Denard, we'll ask you, I mean, guys change teams every season. That's That's not new, but when it's a, when it's a, guy who's a big star a big personality like aj brown is it a bigger deal to him or is it a bigger deal to the titans to to try and try and hold him keep him under wraps a little bit this week both both because he's playing absolutely phenomenal this year it's going to be personal to aj when you talk you know he's (laughs) going to be mad he's going to come out and he wants to put on a show he wants to especially they're playing in philly so there's nothing more than he wants to do is probably to have a game where he's probably have about 250 receiving yards and three touchdowns. And then he gets, get a chance to talk to you guys and, and tell you to, uh, to tell that staff to go stuff it because they didn't pay him the money that he felt like he deserved. That's what players do when they play the old team. I know what it feels like to come back to Nashville. You want to make sure when you go in there that you put on a show. So if you're Tennessee, what you want to do when you play that team, you want to go in there with the mindset that, you know what, we're the second rank, what defense force rushing defense in the National Football League. We have players in the back half, Roger McCrary, Trey Avery. What a phenomenal job that he played Sunday. Number 30 showed yeah. off. He showed that, you know what, an undrafted free agent out of Rutgers played exceptional. I, I thought the coverage on T Higgins on a lot of the plays, he just, He's just an underrated football player. He's a role player that has fit in to this system quite nicely. They they can match up against this Phillies offense. This defense for Tennessee can go in there and they can play uh, they can play well against Philly. They play, they did it against Kansas City. I see why they can't go into Philadelphia and play the same way. 
Yeah, we we should give Trey Avery a little shout out here. You know, Mike Vrabel did certainly in his Monday press conference said he was targeted six times in the game, broke up five passes, and and you know if you think back to week two at Buffalo, he got thrown in there and mm-hmm. uh, and he looked lost. I mean, it, it was a terrible performance. The the fact that he's been able to settle down, sort of you know get his get his wits about him again, and and when his opportunity has come these last couple of weeks he's he's been a completely different player and uh and good for him for that and certainly certainly something the titans need to to help stabilize that that cornerback group in the midst of some injuries again but but john glennon I, i'll ask you this this is this has been interesting ever since april you know aj brown was a beloved player here for three years and now it's quite possible that there is no more greater villain in the nfl than aj brown right now and and, you know how how did we get to this point how you know and and what do you think that'll mean to aj's performance yeah i mean i I completely agree with you aj was you know such a a a personable guy uh in in addition to being a star uh, um that you know this all came out of left field and 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 you know my way of thinking um, you know, I, I think certainly things began to turn, you know, public opinion began to turn against AJ, even, you know, when you look at the trade and, and it sort of came to light that AJ had, you know, broken off communication, you know, in the weeks leading up to the deal. Um, and, and that, you know, he was kind of looking to, to get out because he hadn't been paid yet. Um, but I, I think people were, were somewhat willing to forgive and say, maybe that's a negotiating tactic. You know, that's, that's understandable. Players can do that. What I don't think fans uh, can relate to is kind of, you know, the social media shots that, that A.J. Brown had been taking uh, against his old team. And, you know, I mean, it, it stepped up in, in, in his innocent little tweets, uh, you know, saying that that he was, the, uh, without a doubt, the greatest receiver in this franchise's history, uh, something which no doubt uh, tweaked many of the old-time fans and, and mm-hmm. Barrett Mason, I'm sure. Uh, um, you know, uh, and then it, it continued, uh, you know, when, when he took the little shot at, at Mike Vrabel and saying he's, you know, the old Bill Belichick, nobody has any fun there. You know, I'm, I'm allowed to express myself here in Philly. Uh, and then, of course, the worst, I thought, you know, was, was at the Kansas City game when the Titans, you know, Malik Willis was starting. The Titans were having all kinds of difficulty throwing the ball. And, and A.J. Brown is live tweeting, laughing about how nobody is open down the field, you know, for, for the Titans. And and to me, I'm just like, you know, what, what's the need? You, you know, A.J. Brown is having a great year. His team is 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 having a great year. He's uh, in the, you know, in the first year of a $100 million four-year contract. Why the need to take the, the pot shots, you know, back at your old team on, on social media? To me, that, that's a little bit immature, a little bit unprofessional. But what it has done, certainly in, in my opinion, you know, as, as you said, this is a guy who was so, so popular here. And and I think if he went out and, and kind of just, you know, okay, the trade is trade and, and I'm, I'm off to a new start, I think he'd still be, you know, well-liked certainly among Titans fans. But all these little shots, uh, you know, have really soured people on A.J. Brown in a, in a hurry. I I think though you know Denard brought it up that you know he's going to be motivated and, and whatnot and and one thing we saw over the previous three seasons is AJ Brown knew how to seize a moment 
You mm-hmm. know, his his first game, for example, he had a had a big touchdown catch in that one. You go back to last season, coming off injured reserve, the Thursday night against San Francisco, where uh, where where the Titans had all sorts of injuries, and it just got to the point where Ryan Tannehill and AJ Brown were playing pitch and catch, and it and it seemed like it seemed like the the Forty ers could do nothing with him. And there, you know, there there are any number of examples over his three years here that uh that that aj is not a guy who will shrink from the moment so it's uh it's gonna be uh it's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be a handful for sure you know kevin byard talked about it on monday and and he said you know aj's my guy i'll talk to him before the game i'll talk to him after the game but uh but you know you also know that kevin byard has a lot of pride and and you know he he's going to be one guy who who's going to make it his mission as much as he can to make sure that that AJ Brown is is not running wild through this uh through this Titan secondary and and uh, I mean that that's an interesting question though too Denard it, it, can guys get too hyped up for these sorts of moments or or, or is that energy sort of a, a good thing that it typically helps guys well, I give you a, a little. Uh, what about Russell Wilson going back to? I mean, Russell Wilson going back to Seattle. You yeah, know, I think that that was a, a moment where he had to take a deep breath and pause for a second and, and not allow the emotions to get to him. What about Brian Dawkins? You remember the, the Hall of Famer, the great Brian Dawkins, who played all those years uh, at Philly and the first. He was with Denver. I don't know the year, but he went back to Philly. He was so emotional. He couldn't come out of the locker room uh, for pregame. So he just stayed in the locker room the whole time. He was just, I mean, it was just too much. It was the the emotions had built up. And for AJ, it'd be the same thing. Listen, Tennessee is who gave you a chance. They drafted you and you were a star. I mean, the first three years of AJ's career, it was amazing what he was off to. I mean, but again, it's unfortunate that money uh, played a role in him going to Philly. But this will be a game where I'm pretty sure he he's marked this game probably back in August. And yeah. if I'm Kevin Byard, the first time I get a chance to take a shot, I'm going to take a shot to make sure it's a shot that he will remember. Uh, and and I, if Tennessee, if you go down there and you set the tone early, because guess what? Philly's going to try to get in the ball. They're going to try to uh, get him in the game plan early. And I just, and if I'm Tennessee, I go down there with the mindset that he's just another player. He's just another player on the field. And, and, I, and I assume that's exactly what Mike Vrabel will be preaching all week that, you know, you can't get mm-hmm. it, just, just like last week it was, look, this isn't a revenge game. Right. Last season is gone. You know, Mike Vrabel is very good at, at sort of delivering his message in a way that, that his players hear it. You know, some coaches they have their message, and and but but you know that Mike Vrabel's message gets through because you hear it from guys throughout the locker room during the week, and uh, and that that is that is kind of becoming even more and more prominent five almost five full seasons into his tenure now. So so John Glennon, let me ask you this: the Eagles have the best record in football. Looked awful good on Sunday night football against the Packers, particularly on offense. How did the Titans win this game? It's going to be a real, real challenge. You know, we talked about uh, just now how how the Titans, you know, shouldn't focus too much on A.J. Brown. Uh, and there's a, there's a good reason for that because this Eagles team is loaded uh, with, with weapons, you know, really on both sides of the ball 
Um, you know, you look at, at uh, obviously, Jalen Hurts is, is probably one of the favorites for MVP right now. Um, you know, over 3,000 yards combined offense, 25 touchdowns, you know, whether it's running or passing. You know, you look what Miles Sanders has done, 900 rushing yards, eight touchdowns. Um, and, and, you know, Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard have, have combined, I think, for over 100 catches and, and 1,000 yards themselves. So all kinds of weapons. Uh, we've talked about how uh, running quarterbacks, as you mentioned, David, and, and your story as well, have given, uh, you know, the, the Titans difficulty. Well, this certainly is one of the best in the business right here uh, in, in Jalen Hurts. Um, but, you know, I, I think what the Titans' main concern has to be right now is in the trenches, you know, after what happened against Cincinnati where they were whipped on both sides of the ball. You're looking now at a Philly team that, you know, is, is one of the best running teams in the league because of that offensive line. And you flip things over, this is the number two defense in the league as well. And you're looking at some monsters up in the, in the line. You know, you got Fletcher Cox, uh, guys like like Josh Sweat, and of course, Ndamukong Sue was just signed recently, but it was already making an impact there. So if this Titans offensive line had difficulty moving the Bengals, you know, uh, I think it's an even bigger challenge for them to uh, to move some of these Eagles uh, behemoths out of the way. So there's a, there's a lot of challenges, um, you know, and Mike Vrabel said it flatly today, said this is the best team in the NFL, and, and really it's hard to, to argue with them at this point. But, but Denard, you've been in locker rooms, you've been in game plan meetings, you've been in position group meetings. No player with the Titans is sitting there going, holy cow, these guys are good. I mean, you're looking at them and saying, I, I, there's something I can exploit. There's something I can do better, right? I mean, that, that has to be the Titans mindset this week is, is identify things you think you can do and, and, and go out and do them on Sunday, right? What about the game against the Rams last year? No yeah, one gave this team. They, they didn't give this team a chance. And I mean, I had to, I don't even go on Twitter anyways, but I'm going to start tweeting the shows, but th- no one, I mean, you just lost your best player. You bring it in old school AD, Adrian Peterson. You have three guys at fullback that nobody even knows. And no one gave this team a chance. They went down and whipped the Los Angeles Rams. You can, there's no disparity in this league. It's about who shows up and how they show up and what they're able to do. Make plays. If you're Tennessee, you establish your DNA. You run the football. You don't deviate from that. When you do that, you will not win in this game. You don't care about Indomitian Sue. You don't care about the guys up front. You don't care about C.J. Gardner-Johnson. You, he's kind of banged up, too, so that should be a little uh, alert to, uh, for Tennessee is that their best defensive back has a rib injury. I'm just saying. So what you want to do if he's playing Sunday, you might want to attack him on the perimeter. You might be able to make some plays when he has a hurt rib. But if you're Tennessee, do what you do best. Go out there and pound the football. No one gave this team a chance against Kansas City. And yet what they were up 20 to nine going into what uh, the about two minutes, what under two, about two minutes left in the game. I mean, this isn't this is a team that can play with anybody in the league. There's no disparity in this league, David. If you bring your A game, it will always give you a chance to win on Sunday. So again, get back, establish your DNA and run the football and do it by the guys in the trenches, Dylan Ratings, get back to Dennis Daly, hopefully Aaron Brewer, and hopefully Ben Jones is back. That would be a huge addition to this offensive unit. 
Well, there you have it. Reason to believe, Titans fans. And as we uh, as we wrap this thing up, we should note the uh, the first results of or the early voting for fan voting of, for the Pro Bowl Pro Bowl games this year is out. And and two Titans lead their position groups in the AFC. Derrick Henry, no surprise there. Ryan Stonehouse, a bit of a surprise there that he's been so good. People around the league apparently are noticing him already, and he's uh, he's attracting that kind of uh, attention. And and on the injury front, Mike Vrabel said on Monday that it's possible that Kyle Phillips and or Ola Adeniyi could be uh, designated for return to practice this week. So uh, so some good news on the injury front there. We will see how it all goes this week. We will see what happens Sunday. Uh, until then, thank you for always, as always, for listening. This is the Believe in Titans podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.